0: On behalf of my family, I just want to thank all of you for being here today, uh, for your cards, your letters, your calls, your visits. One of the great joys and comforts of the past couple of weeks has just been to reconnect with people that my dad loved and who loved him. So thank you for that. Uh, about a year before he died, my dad said, Peter, uh When I die at my memorial service, this is the scripture I want you to read. (laughs) And, uh, here it comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter one. And listen to the life-changing Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that's been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Here's the verse, my dad. of grace and truth. Will you pray with me? Lord, we pray now that uh, your word would come to us with full power and assurance of thy Holy Spirit. And uh, Lord, not only a tribute to your servant, Bruce, but to glorify you, Lord Jesus Christ. His life was a work of your grace. We give you thanks for that. So speak to us now. We pray in your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. When I was about six, seven years old, someone asked me what my dad did for a living. And I replied candidly, "Uh, he rides the bus all day long. (laughs) As far as I knew, that was true. My mom, early in the morning, drop him off at the bus stop with other commuters, and he'd get on the bus, and at night, she'd go pick him up again, and Of course, he was going to his office at Faith at Work in Manhattan. I got a little older. And people would say, what does your dad do for a living? And I'd, I'd learned a response by then. I said, he is a lay renewal leader. <laughs> and I can still remember just the perplexed expressions, you know, and, and trying to explain that. The truth is, for much of my life, I've been trying to understand what my dad did for a living. <laughs> and only recently have I begun to figure it out. What he did so well. To understand his life, I think one of the best ways look at the titles of the books that he wrote. Twenty three of them. Each title captures something, a piece, of who he was, and his passion, and his his heart and his spirit. His first book, nineteen sixty three, I won't cover them all, don't worry. <laughs> Dare to live now. That book described the miracle of Christian conversion, a new life, a new birth in Christ, different from the old life, supernatural. My father had grown up going to church, very devout mother, a religious home, but but that was not enough. He needed something more. As an infantry sergeant in World War II, he witnessed the horrors of war. His first day of combat in France, uh, 70% casualties in his unit. Most of his friends injured and killed on the battlefield. But it was not a fear of death and a foxhole conversion, but my dad said it was discovering the darkness and depravity in his own heart (laughs) that drove him into the arms of Christ. And on a battlefield in France at the age of 18, 19, he asked Christ into his life, In that moment, he was touched by fire. (laughs) And it changed him forever. A new life, a new birth, quite different from the old one. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right (laughs) to become children of God, the King. And my dad spent his life proclaiming that message, dare to live now. There's a life in Christ Have you. Found it. <laughs> Another book he wrote was Setting Men Free. And my dad's driving purpose was to set men and women free. Who were bound up. Years ago, we received a letter from a, a man who'd served with him in World War II. My dad pulled out the letter one Christmas and said, I want you to hear this letter that a guy wrote me. I served with him in the army. Well, the man in that letter remembered how in the winter of 1944, Battle of the Bulge, coldest winter on record, 1944. This is what he wrote. He says, Sergeant Larson, you probably don't remember me, but I'll never forget you. He said, in those mornings that were bitter cold and we were half frozen to death, you would be the first one up. And coming to our foxholes and lifting us to our feet and walking us around until we could stand on our own. My dad spent his life warming up, thawing out, frozen people. Some frozen by sin and guilt, others frozen by religion. Frozen people. He breathed upon them the Holy Spirit and touched them and hugged them and they warmed them up. Another book he wrote was The Relational Revolution. In that book, as we've heard, the mark he believed of a vital Christian faith is is relationships first and foremost. And my father understood it's possible to have all the right doctrine and all the correct theology and still have a failing marriage in a family that's broken. My dad had many gifts, as I reflect what was his very greatest gift. He was a great preacher, but preaching was not his greatest gift. Author of many books, writing was not his greatest gift. Uh, A leader and visionary leadership was not his greatest gift. A great Insightful theologian, theology was not his greatest gift. His greatest gift was relationships, (laughs) one-on-one with people. And it didn't matter if it was uh, the person selling bait at Tarpon Bay Marina on Sanibel or the head of Wirehouse. didn't matter. (laughs) 24 hours a day and my dad never missed an opportunity and, and treated people like they had worth in the kingdom of God, infinite worth. Another book he wrote was there's a lot more to health than not being sick. My dad believed health is it's more than the absence of sickness and illness and symptoms. It is the presence of positive things in your life. There's a lot more to health than not being sick. Life has a strange way of testing our theology. Doesn't it? One thing to write a book like that when you're well, <laughs> another to live it when you got Parkinson's. Is that really true what I wrote? Or not? <laughs> My dad used to say years ago, he says, I'm not afraid of dying, but his greatest fear that he'd he'd suffer some degenerative illness, that, that he'd die by inches and waste away. Greatest fear, and and of course that's what happened. Thirteen years ago, diagnosed with Parkinson's and began to die by inches, a bit at a time. I talked to him several years ago. He mentioned the scripture from Isaiah 40. We heard it this morning, the grandkids, those who wait and hope on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on eagles' wings. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be faint. And and my dad said, Peter, have you ever noticed there's a progression In that scripture. I said, no. He said, yeah. He said, I I used to soar like an eagle. Then I slowed down to a run. And now I'm just trying to walk without fainting. (laughs) Another book he wrote was The Edge of Adventure with Keith Miller. For my dad, life was a grand adventure and he, he lived on the edge of adventure. Most families, when they go on vacation in the summer, they they go for a week to the beach or the mountains. My my dad, though, it was always these epic adventures, (laughs) whether we wanted to go or not. (laughs) One year, 1964, he'd read Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck, and he got a a plan. We'd buy a Volkswagen bus, and we'd, we'd drive deep into Mexico from New Jersey. Another time, he decided we'd, in his houseboat, sail up the Erie Canal all the way to Canada. He convinced Lloyd Ogilvie to come along. And the two of them decided that uh, during this journey, they'd both grow beards. The beards did not survive the journey. But uh, my dad lived on the edge of adventure uh, when he was sick with Parkinson's, Randy Roland and John Westphal said, sail with us to Alaska. My dad said, sure. And along the way, they were almost shipwrecked, and the boat almost went down, and uh, they survived that. <laughs> Edge of Adventure. Another book my dad wrote with Keith Miller, The Passionate People. Dad lived with a passion. was never dimmed by Parkinson's, if you visited him. His favorite fictional heroes, interestingly, were Don Quixote, Zorba the Greek, and The Music Man. Men of large dreams and boundless enthusiasm. (laughs) I heard Lloyd say once, he says, the problem with many preachers and many Christians is that they they know the words, but not the music. (laughs) My dad was the music man. A parade, a band. Finally, one of the last books he wrote was titled, I think the very last, Where Will You Be When You Get Where You're Going? A lot of people never ask that question in the eternal sense. Where will I be when I get the end of this trajectory of life? My dad knew exactly where he was going. It's where he is now. It's with his master, his Lord, Jesus. That's where he was going. Where will you be? Where will you be when you get where you're going? Where will you be? beyond the horizon line of death and eternity. Toward the end of his life, my dad often quoted John 21:18. Jesus speaking to Peter. We heard it earlier. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would, but when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands. Another will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. For a man who'd been a source of strength for so many be utterly helpless, frail, weak and dependent. It was he told me humiliating. That was the hardest part. But he faced it all with grace, courage, even joy and up till the end with humor. Humor. One last scripture I'd share with you. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. And often my dad quoted this his last years. No eye has seen no ear has heard. No heart of man has ever comprehended what God has prepared for those who love him. My dad loved that verse and now at last is, is free from the prison of his body. Is soaring again on eagles' wings. And has been reunited with Lily be his mom. And Louis Evans Jr., who died a few weeks before him, Sam Schumacher, Lee Whiston, Ken Kenneth Smith, Corey Tenboom, Catherine Marshall, Don James, Norman Vincent Peel, Ralston and Sadie Young, Norman Grubb, Gert Bahana, Sam Elkins. And I'm reasonably certain if they have marching bands in heaven, that uh, my dad will be leading the 76 (laughs) trombones. Where will you be when you get where you're going? Have you discovered the great adventure of knowing Christ? There's none like it. I think if my dad could stand here today one last time and he... He wished he could preach one more time. He'd say to us, the time is now. Will you dare to live now? (laughs) Amen.